friends. If you are listening to this in real time, which would be like, oh my goodness, like basically the beginning of December, then, okay, I know that you guys already know this, but I just feel like I need to say it. Folks, like the Christmas season is the year. It's here. It's happening right now. Don't you feel like we're still in July or August and it's like, oh, one day that's going to hit? I do. So this is your heads up, your friendly PSA announcement. It's Christmas time. So I don't know about you, and maybe this is just me. That's fine. Whenever it gets to be Christmas time, I do this weird thing and I put a whole lot of pressure on myself. So I want to be really clear. This is pressure that I personally put on myself to really catch all sorts of deep meaning from Christmas time. Like, um, I will feel like often when January hits, like I missed Christmas because I didn't spend enough time with God or reading my Bible or make it through all four of the Gospels, like, or even half of one of the accounts of the birth of Jesus. And so I want to talk about for the next couple of weeks, the power of traditions. And I'm not going to just talk about Christmas traditions, although we're going to do that. And I'm going to tell you why a little bit later on. Oh my goodness, you guys, traditions are so powerful. Like, I mean... If you're a leader or a person of influence and you are maybe not super clear or don't have some like, uh uh-huh, resonating in you when I talk about the power of traditions, then I'm really excited for you. Okay, so if you're not a leader or a person of influence, what I mean by that is if you don't have a Roman that you're mentoring or in a discipleship relationship or have a team or a corporate setting, blah, 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 like those kinds of maybe a little bit more official roles. Listen, don't tune out because I also want to be touching on the power of traditions when it comes to being a mom or being in a discipleship relationship. Oh my goodness, folks, the power of traditions is where it's at. So we're going to unpack all this. And what we've got to do first, though, is back the train up just a little bit because we've got to talk about momentum because momentum is the make it or break it when it comes to traditions. Super excited. Let's do this together. You're listening to Women Speaking Truth, a podcast that inspires women to know God deeper and equips them to take the next step in their God-given callings. My name is Andy Bruce, and I'm so passionate about helping women develop their character and understand their callings that I went out and got a doctorate degree in leadership. Now I'm sharing practical tools about leadership development through a biblical lens so that God can empower and ignite ordinary women like you and I to make his impact on our world. Okay, folks, so we're talking about some, in my opinion, I don't know, I think I get really fired up about this stuff. I do. I am. I'm fired up and ooh, it might just be worth mentioning So maybe you know, maybe you don't know. It doesn't matter. I have adult ADHD and I take quite a bit of medicine. Uh, And today I don't have it on. That's why I feel all hyped up. Okay, so I'm going to take a deep breath and think about my own momentum for the topic of momentum. And we're just going to ride this out. So let's talk about momentum. Uh, 
you've heard the name John Maxwell. John Maxwell is a leadership guru. Some people would even call him, at least in the religious world, in the Christian uh, business sector, he would be called the grandfather of leadership because he was the first one to really put leadership on the Christian market in a way that was the most successful. Sure, there were others before him, but John Maxwell is the one that we all point to these days. So I love reading John Maxwell's. I really love reading John Maxwell stuff. He has a quote that it's so sticky. It's so interesting to me. And it's this. He says, momentum is a leader's best friend. Momentum is a leader's best friend. Now, if I were the one writing this sentence, blank is a leader's best friend, I would say God or the Holy Spirit or my personal development and growth. But you know what? John Maxwell, he knows what he's talking about. Let's go with it. Momentum is a leader's best friend. So let's talk about what is momentum? What is it? Okay, so I want you to just start with the basics of what you know and put a picture in your mind of momentum. Not words, just a picture. Okay, if you're anything like me, then in my mind, I see a little hill and a ball at the top of that hill, right? This is also called gravity, but it's not gravity until it's pulling something downward. In this case, if we give that ball a little push, what's going to happen? Well, obviously, we know what's going to happen. That ball isn't just going to roll downhill. It's going to do so while picking up speed. And that right there is like the truest sense of momentum. Okay, so let's put some flesh and blood and some real life onto that picture. And let's bring it into our wheelhouse out of like the natural, physical, scientific world and more into the abstract. Here we go. When there's momentum, you don't have to work hard to create energy. You don't have to work very, very hard. You've got to work a little hard, just like that ball at the top of the hill. You got to give it a nudge. So that's the work. But man, it does the work for you after the nudge. Everyone knows when there's energy in the room and you know when there's not energy in the room. Uh, I would say momentum is the it factor, you know, like it's it. When there's momentum, you hear people say things like, wow, it was better than I expected. Or there's something really special happening over there where those people are getting together or in those friendships or in that family. There's just something special or unique and you know it. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you know that it's happening. You'll hear people say things like, I can't wait to go back to it or get back to that thing because that's where there's life, there's energy, there's a sense of something special and particular and unique is happening here that maybe isn't the same in other places. It's the it factor. When there's momentum, people tell their friends, they prioritize things on their calendars, they want to be a part of it, they'll show up early and stay a little late. That's when you know there's momentum. When there's momentum, people text, people communicate, people bring others in and invite others into the thing because they not only want to be part of it, they want other people to be a part of it. That is momentum. It's an energy amongst a group of people because something unique and specific is happening there. 
that's momentum. And that's what we're going to be talking about. It's that factor. It's the energy factor where you don't have to put a whole lot of work in, although you got to give it a nudge. But after you nudge, it kind of takes on and picks up a pace of its own. So now what I want to do is I want to talk about how do you spot momentum? What I mean by that is like, okay, that all sounds good in theory. And I think maybe we know it when we see it. But I want to walk through some really on the ground and normal settings where there's momentum and some where there's not momentum. So here's one example. Melissa Dunn, you guys have heard me talk about her. In fact, last week she was on the podcast. She was interviewing me about voice. And just a quick side note, man, we've heard uh, from a lot of friends regarding that particular episode. And the one I did, I don't know, maybe a month before that, where I interviewed Melissa about her own voice or the way that she expresses to the world around her what God's put inside of her. Uh it was surprising how much momentum those couple episodes picked up. And here's what I mean. We knew it was momentum, one, because there was an uptick in activity. Literally, friends texted, friends would respond back to Melissa or on her YouTube channel, which I encourage you to check out. I'll put a commercial in here so you can figure out how to get to it. Highly encourage you to figure that out. There was an uptick in the comments posted under the uh, video. So sometimes there are those numeric upticks that you can see where it's like, oh, there's momentum. But here's the other thing. Even in the midst of Melissa interviewing me about my voice in that conversation, I'm telling you, both of us would catch eyes and just sort of look at each other for a second and just sort of be like, we could feel that there's a sizzle. Now, that's not always true in our working relationship. And so sometimes we'll be like, there's no momentum, there's no traction, there's no natural energy from us working together. And it feels uphill. So some indicators of that would be it's a little stale. We're not super excited. Uh, Naturally, we're not putting in particularly me. When there's a drop in momentum, you're going to see my productivity go way down. So that's one example of being able to spot momentum and being able to spot when there's a lack of momentum. So for me, it has to do a lot with those upticks. Upticks of natural engagement when there is momentum, and then I'm going to see the downward slide for me personally, because there's just nothing interesting or captivating for me. And unfortunately, with my personality, I need that. So let's talk about another area where I don't know, folks, for me, at least I'm like, oh, my goodness, have we lost some momentum in the church today, at least through this last few years of a pandemic? Obviously, there was decline, there were not services, there was just a total interruption. And then you put a spiritual element on top of a pandemic that just kind of freaked people out, no matter where they're coming from. It just was strange. We'd never lived through this before. Well, in churches, even still today, I get to be in relationships with women's ministry leaders from around our region. And would say, hey, so tell me what's happening in your church. And here's what I'm hearing. Um, 
well, not much, or we're doing this. Even leaders are like, eh, yawn. I don't know. We're trying this thing and it's not really working. You can hear the lack of energy, the lack of natural enthusiasm, certainly a lack of participation. There's a frustration. There's regularly this question of what am I doing wrong? Because what we've always done is no longer working. So there's this natural lack of momentum, and we're going to see all those factors that are the results of that. Lack of attendance, lack of participation, lack of engagement, lack of creativity within it. Uh, There's just a lack. That's when we see the lack of momentum. So let's talk about marriages and momentum. If you are married or not, we could easily articulate the things that go into a marriage that's full of momentum. In my opinion, this is where my Andy and I are these days. There's just momentum in our marriage. It's just easy. There's a lot to connect about. There's a desire to connect. Now, let me say there's not much time to connect. But when there is, it's like, we're there. It's easy. There's a lot of physical attention. Uh, Yes, intimacy, but also, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's intimacy that's meaningful. There's even hugs or like a quick kiss, good night that just feels like good connection versus the times in marriage where it's like two ships passing in the night not a whole lot to talk about. You go out to eat. And you know those couples at the restaurant where you're like, oh, I don't want to be like that when we're older. Where there's a couple and I assume they've been married for quite some time and there's not much talking, looking at each other. There's not much interaction. There's just not much going on. We would say easily that's the lack of momentum. Same thing in friendships and mentoring relationships and your teams. It's like when we're engaged, our interest is peaked. There's lots of conversation. This is true for Bible Lab right now. I remember one particular week, um, I said there's like this sizzle or electricity in the air. And what I meant by that is there's so much engagement There were a couple people almost every time going to speak next. There was deep thought that we felt like was new. It's almost like I I was thinking about this this morning. It's like we were, let me put a picture to this that's goofy and exaggerated. But like if we were climbing some peaks of the mountain, it was like we summited and realized, oh my gosh, there's even more on the other side of the mountain range that we couldn't see. That's how it felt together is like, we're discovering something that for us was new. It was deep. There was laughter. There were tears. There was so much insight on the verses that we were looking at that we didn't want to stop talking. That is this critical it factor of momentum and play. Uh, One more example of what momentum looks like. A few weeks ago, I took a team of 14 students, uh, university students from Liberty University here in town where I teach online for that university and ended up taking this team to go work with Samaritan's Purse down in Englewood, Florida to do hurricane relief from Hurricane Ian in late September. 
my goodness, this team has a ridiculous amount of momentum. I think we've been home for week three, for three weeks, and the momentum has yet to recede. Of course, there's going to be momentum. There's shared experiences. There were some real special, deep moments. There were some breakthroughs for some students. Oh my goodness, the fun, energy, laughter. It just didn't stop. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. So of course, there's that magic momentum for that week because of a unique environment with really like-minded students doing a mission that we all believed in. Obvious, uh, obvious momentum, right? But here's what happens is typically a team will experience all that, come back home, and within 10 days, there's just a lack of unity because it's over and the thing has come to an end, which is okay. But for this team, there was such an unusual chemistry amongst the 16 of us that led to a total increase in our momentum and it hasn't stopped. They're still getting together almost every day. We'll get a picture of students hanging out or intentionally meeting each other or being in class together. When uh, the day before yesterday, I sent a text. It was logistical to the team about a decision we had to make. No joke, there were 70 texts in response to that. You guys, that is momentum. So let's unpack it just one little bit further. Let's break it down. There are types of momentum. And this is where, okay, so say that you know there's a sizzle in the air or there's something peculiar or something that you didn't want to leave even when the thing ended. And you're like, man, why? Like, what was it that was so good about that? Well, you picked up on momentum. So clearly there's a good kind of momentum that is described by what I just said. You don't want to go even when that's typical for you. There was highs of relationship or connection to something. Usually that looks like laughter, reaching out to somebody new, being reached out to, being included and invited into something, learning something that was new and invigorating for you, experiencing something together. So those are the good points of momentum. But whenever there's a good point of momentum, it's sort of like the other side of the coin is that you also want to feel a little bit of the downside. And I don't mean this negatively, but you want to not just feel the upside of emotion. You also want to feel the downside that can look like depth, that can look like sympathy, empathy, compassion, mercy. If something is wrong, you are so fully engaged and usually your engagement is even deeper than if it were positive feelings of joy, laughter, happiness, uh, inclusion. So those are all good kinds of momentum. And that's the stuff that's easy to spot. But let's talk about the other side of momentum. Ah, Like it hurts me even to kind of think about it. There's this other side of momentum, and it's called like the bad side of momentum. So think about it when you've been in places Okay, so let's paint the picture. There's still going to be, when there's bad momentum, there's going to be lots of energy. There's going to be lots of energy. It's just about the bad things. Uh, Actually, let me go back to the good momentum. Okay, so the good momentum, there's connection, there's fun. You don't want to leave it. So what we've got to know is 
it's only helpful to you. Momentum is only helpful to you if you know where you are going. What I mean is if you know where your marriage needs to go or where you want it to go, then momentum is going to be your best friend. If you know where your company or your corporate team or your sales or your whatever in your company, your your group of people that you do the work with, if you know where you need to go together, momentum can be your best friend. If you know where your team needs to go or if you know where your discipleship relationship or your mentoring or your parenting relationship needs to go, momentum is going to be your best friend if you can get it going. Now, now let's talk about the bad side of momentum. It gets real bad if you don't know where you're going. Because think about it. Think about that picture of the ball on the hill. You've got that ball. You're going to give it a nudge and it's going to go downward. Well, if you don't know where that ball is supposed to go, then how do you know how to use that to your benefit? Like, um, If you know like, okay, I'm going to nudge it this direction to the left because that's where we're going is to the left compared to just randomly going up and being like nudge and it goes a direction that you're not intending it. Oh my goodness. This is when momentum goes off the rails because you're not moving toward where you want to go. So let's talk about what bad momentum could look like. Remember, it still has energy and bad momentum can be described like this. There's gossip. There's doubt of what are we doing here? Why are we doing it? Who's leading this thing anyway? Well, that was a disaster. I don't want anything to do with that relationship or that person or that team again, because look how they backbite. Look how there's no trust. Look how somebody's trying to steer this somewhere perhaps, but nobody else wants to get on and go that direction. Or somebody's putting a whole lot of effort into starting to create the momentum or wanting to create momentum, but we all can see it's not working. And so it feels awkward. And what does everybody want to do when there's bad momentum? Take a big step backward away from the thing. We want to find the exit door as quickly as possible because bad momentum means we don't want to be a part of it because where this thing is going It's like alert, 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 danger zone. Even if it's trying to go in the right direction, it's going there with the wrong people the wrong way. So we don't want a part of that. So those are the types of momentums. And again, if you know where you're going, momentum is going to be so useful to you if you can manage to create it or catch on to it. But if you don't know where you're going in the relationship or in the family, or on the team, or in your work setting, then unfortunately, even if you experience good momentum, it doesn't, it's not all that helpful to you, because you don't know how to direct that momentum in the direction you want to go. So if you don't know where you're going, momentum might feel good, it might feel bad, depending on if it's good momentum or bad momentum. But Bottom line, if you don't know where you're going, momentum isn't going to be all that useful to you because you can't leverage it. You can't conduct it or control it or nudge it a little bit in the right direction because you don't know what that direction is. Hey, 
Hey friends, so you've heard me say over and over again how great my ministry partner Melissa Dunn is, and you know what? She is. She's pretty great. And she produces some dynamite content on her YouTube channel. So if you are a woman who likes to listen to things or just feels motivated, inspired, encouraged when you listen to somebody who's going to point you to God, I'm telling you, go search for my good friend, my ministry partner, Melissa Dunn. How you're going to do that is open up youtube.com, just like you would any other thing when you're going to YouTube. Go to the little search button at the top right corner and click in Melissa Dunn Bible. You're going to see her pop right up. And then here's the thing, subscribe to her channel because I know this sounds sales pitchy, but just trust me, it's not meant to be. You're not going to want to miss one of her episodes. It's like, seriously, sometimes the highlight of my week. Go check out Melissa Dunn Bible on YouTube. Okay, so side note, that is exactly where I am right now. I... (laughs) For the team that I lead, which has to do with women speaking truth, which FYI, we're going to do this whole overhaul thing. We're in this place of restructuring what we're doing, not why we're doing it. Thank God. Thank God. At least that has stuck. But we're definitely restructuring roles. We're definitely restructuring how we do things, definitely restructuring some systems. And FYI, that's going to include rebranding this podcast, but you'll hear about that later on. It's coming, hopefully next month. And because right now, even though there's restructuring, for me personally, there's still actually a fairly big gap of clarity, meaning I don't really get where we're going. I know why we're going, but I don't have clarity. And so what it's making me do is um, even if we do have some spots of momentum, and we have, we've had some good spots of momentum, It doesn't mean anything to me because I can't, as the leader, nudge it forward in the right direction because I don't know the direction. So let me give you an example. Um, Okay, so we had some, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's momentum. Uh, All of these, I, uh, why do I feel weird saying them? I don't, I don't, yes, I do. Um, Because it takes so much energy to explain, but I'm just going to give you bullet points. Ready? Okay, examples of having momentum, but me not knowing where we're going. So therefore, that momentum is kind of nullified, meaning it feels good in the moment, but it's not going to be useful to get us a little further down the road faster. For example, number one, Bible Lab just ended. You guys, we learned so much in Bible Lab, but because I can't tie our awesome semester that just finished of Bible Lab, because I can't take yay, that success of Bible Lab, and understand where we're going enough to take that momentum and push it forward. It's sort of like, yay, that was good, but it's not pushing us forward together as a team. Second, uh, another example of having momentum would be even from that podcast that I said released last week on voice. It's the interview with me describing my journey with discovering and making mistakes and God using the journey of my voice to create character in me. Lots of momentum with it. But instead of being like, awesome, let's do this with the people that responded in the comments, or let's put that somewhere, or let's do multiple things. It's like, well, that was cool. That's encouraging. 
that's different than being able to apply that momentum and take it forward with us of having that momentum, feeling it, experiencing it, being encouraged and grateful for it, and then having a little bit of a strategy or a plan of what we can do with that momentum. Instead, I'm like, cool. I don't know what to do with that. So that's where I'm at right now. I don't know where we're going exactly. And guess what? For right now, that's okay. I'm letting the team and the ideas we have breathe for a little bit. And frankly, it's the holidays and there's been sickness and there's going to be another holiday soon. And I also know not to rush and panic to have total clarity because that doesn't ever help me. When I feel the panic, therefore I'm like, okay, we'll just do this. And I know I'm making it up. My team kind of is like, well, we'll try it. But it doesn't really pan out. Instead, I'm learning to let the thing breathe When I say the thing, what I mean is the lack of clarity, just breathe for a little bit, just wait on it, be prayerful, and then reassemble as a team. So if you're at that place where you don't have clarity enough to take momentum and use it in a way that's going to be strategic, productive, where it's not a one-off, instead you know how to use that momentum and push the uh, team or the relationships forward, don't worry. Also, if that's you and you're like, I don't really know where we're going. I mean, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. Go back and listen to episode number 47. This is my leadership reset, all about vision. That's what I'm going to be doing actually this week because it's time to for me to literally use a handout, a link that I provide for you in episode 47 to do my own like, wait, where am I? What specifically am I confused about and what am I going to do about it? So that's in episode number 47. So if that's you, don't worry about it. Instead, get to episode 47. There's so much more to talk about when it comes to momentum. And we're going to do a lot more of that next week. But for now, a couple things while we wrap up. First, where do you need momentum? Like really? Maybe it's in your personal life and in your personal relationships. Maybe it's in your own home. I mean, like real personal in your own bedroom or in your own family dynamics. Maybe it's a team that you're a part of and you guys just could use some momentum. Maybe things are getting humdrum or there's a lack of clarity and vision of where we're going and why we're going there. Boy, that is what robs momentum quicker than anything is if you don't have clarity and you don't know why you're going in that direction, oop, that's going to take away momentum and very easily lead to bad momentum. Maybe you have an event coming up for the holidays. This was true for me. I was hosting Thanksgiving last week and I knew I wanted a lot of momentum around the gathering. I wanted fun, depth, laughter, a worshipful feel. I wanted some games. I wanted prizes. And so for me, I knew that I was going to just think differently about that environment because I knew I wanted momentum there. So for you, where do you want or where do you need momentum? For me personally, I need momentum in my leadership of the Women Speaking Truth team for reasons I just mentioned a minute ago. Because I don't know where we're going, I (laughs) 
just like in episode 47, I mentioned this a lot. When I lack clarity, there goes my momentum. And when I lack clarity and there goes my momentum, I do this terrible thing. It's like a not just a weird habit. It's like a compulsion in me where I step back from the team. Now, with whatever your answer is to where do you need momentum, I have one more question for you. With that place or that relationship or that environment in mind, where do you want that relationship or that setting or that team to go? Where are you guys headed and why does it matter? So here's a couple of things. I'm telling this to me just as much as I'm telling it to you. To answer this question, don't overcomplicate your answer. Just think in big, wide, broad strokes, like generalities first. Where does that relationship or that setting need to go? And why does it matter? Like, where should it go? If you lead a nonprofit, like a couple of my friends who listen to this podcast, I know they do. They lead a nonprofit. It's amazing. I know that they could use some momentum. Where are they going? That's the question. I have multiple friends who in their marriages, they could certainly use some relational momentum. Parents of daughters or sons or even your parents, um, where do you need that momentum to go? Maybe it's relationships that are more honoring to one another. Maybe it's relationships where you want to be hanging out together. Maybe you need some conversations to happen. Uh, And so you want a more transparent relationship. Maybe if you're in a team, it's having a specific goal or objective. You're like, we're just sort of circling. Or we always say we're going to do this and this and this, and it doesn't quite pan out. Or maybe even you would say for a team or a setting, you need to celebrate or just connect again. It could be that simple for you with that environment that needs momentum. Where should that momentum go? Where are you guys headed together? All right, guys, so much more about momentum next week. We're going to take this way down into some practicals. And I want to talk about some traditions and how traditions are a major momentum builder. I'm looking forward to this month being December. Well, almost this month. Because my kids are already talking about the traditions that we do. And you guys, I already know when it comes to momentum, which is going to feed our connection, our laughter, it's going to feed our enjoyment of each other, which is contagious, meaning when other people see it, they want to be a part of it, which just then validates it in us and creates more momentum. When I don't have to guess and wonder how to create momentum because I'm relying on traditions, oh my goodness, that's like half the battle. We'll get into it next week.